We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt at work? Yeah. How about if I was hit by a truck? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number six. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. We're extremely excited to have a living Golden Gopher legend set up for today's Go Gopher Podcast. He's entering his 41st season as head baseball coach at the University of Minnesota. John Anderson will join us on the podcast in a moment. His team opens the season this weekend in Florida. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by our great friends at Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no cost, no obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. As always, our thanks to Tony. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You can also go back and listen to the other Go Gopher podcast. Last week, for example, we heard from Golden Gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan. It's absolutely free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. This week, we talk baseball. John Anderson joins me when we come back. Hey, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonic Hospital. For everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. Hey, it's a baseball season. Yes, indeed. It's a, it's upon us. It's game week for the legend John Anderson. Coach, how excited are you? First of all, good to see you. I'm excited to see you. But how excited are you for uh, Gopher baseball to get going this weekend? Well, we're excited. I mean, I think it's uh, been a much more normal year for us in terms of uh, our fall uh, practice and player development time. And, and uh, since we started back up in, in January 15th, and it's been more normal. It's nice to look at your schedule and see if it's you know, six-game schedule, a normal type of schedule. Uh, that, uh, I'm really happy for the student-athletes are going to have a chance to, to hopefully here play a, a normal season. And uh, I think that's the best news. It's been a challenge for all of us over the last couple of years. And most importantly, I think student-athletes have been through a lot and uh, made me the happiest if we can have a normal year here and then get back and, and, and do what they love to do, and that's play baseball and, and uh, fulfill their collegiate careers. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, and not to you know bring up last year, but it was such a, a tough year, a unique year. I mean, a lot of teams were going through a lot of different things. Um, what did you take out of the year, though, and just in regard to, is it one that you just flush all together and say it was just an anomaly, or there are some things you learned that, you know, you've been in it a long time that maybe popped up that you, you know, had to adjust a few things, or how, how, how as a coach who's had as much success as you have had, uh, how do you try to come out of that uh, and, and be better for it here in 22? I think every season you go through, there's information that can help you in the next season, the next season, I, I think regardless of your one loss record, uh, obviously the last year and the last uh, two years have been uh, challenging in different ways, but I think you take something out of each season, a good, bad, or indifferent, especially try to make adjustments or changes to the things that didn't work or things that you feel like you need to do if you're going to have a chance to be successful. Um, I just think the lack of uh, time, player development time, number one, since 2020 was shut down in March and, and the lack of summer play, finally had a full summer season this last season. This is a player development program. We don't get finished products. We get kids that need a lot of player development time, a lot of weight room time, uh, uh, fundamental development, skill development on the field. And uh, so uh, to lose that much player development time, I think we saw the impact last year. Uh, no question about it. Um, looked at the league last year. You look at the rosters this year, there were so many teams that when they got shut down in 2020 were old. There's many players in the league, especially on the best teams that were 23, 24 years of age, had lots of experience. They limited the draft to only uh, five rounds in 2020 and 20 rounds last year. So the number of college players, not only the Big Ten, but across the country, the, the talent and the depth of talent in some of the rosters because of the pandemic and the additional years of eligibility was incredible. We were a young team in 2020. We needed to play. We needed player development time. And, and uh, I just felt like last year we were so stuck in 2020. And I feel like we've caught up some here. But we still have some guys that are juniors and actually seniors in school that have played very, very little Division One baseball. And they're going to have to play this year and get get out there. So we still have some guys that need to gain some experience. And that's what the first 15 or 20 games is going to be about, to get some experience, find out what we have, and, and go from there. So um, now we look at our team, and as you look at our roster, we have one of the older teams, at least in terms of uh, the ages of the players in school, than some of the other programs, uh, they got they, all those guys are gone now. So it's it's it's, it's hard to – to look at college baseball and really get a sense for where people are at because the rosters are so different from team to team. Well, and it wasn't last year, too, one of those deals that some schools were able to take advantage of the exemption where you could go over the scholarship limit a little bit and others were limited in what they could do. And so you had some fairly loaded rosters that you guys were going up against, right? Yeah, there were some schools in the league. I would guess they had probably 18 to 20 scholarships. And uh, we, you know, we are at 11.7, which is the max. And Rosters were unlimited, and some schools in the fall of, of 2020 had 60 guys on the roster. Um, and we chose as a department, which I support, that we were going to we have gender equity mandates and things, and we had to stay within our limitations. And we were allowed to go uh, up to uh, 40 if we wanted to, but that was the limit. And um, but uh, we were allowed to increase our aid beyond the 11.7. So um, yeah, and I think when you, when you looked at that piece of it, then. Some schools had, you know, more scholarships. They had older players versus others. So there's the gap winds significantly. And I think that's why you got to be careful how you evaluate your one loss record last year. I think we got to look more at, you know, our team, the, the, the development of our players, the, the, the culture of our program and the relationship piece. And, and uh, 
you know, we're able to have any team meetings in, in 2021 and, and we're, we're into, you know, uh, always be in small groups and eat in our rooms and things of that nature. And, and uh, you know, I, one of the players said this fall to me, he said, I actually know the freshmen this year. I actually got to spend some time with them. And, and I think that's another part of our program that we've invested a lot of time in over the years. And that's building a, a relationships within our team and creating a team where, you know, you put uh, the team ahead of yourself and, and you have some of those conversations about how we want to be and that program we want to have and take an interest in somebody other than yourself and really get to know each other. And I think the relationship piece and uh, around leadership and self-leadership this year has is, is really grown and, and taken a significant step back to what we want it to be. And and uh, I'm, I'm excited about that piece as well. You're off to Florida to open the season this weekend, and then you get to extend that stay a little bit. How important can that be sometimes just to get you know away and be that group, as you mentioned, the importance of, of team building? Are you looking forward to, to this time now a little bit? Well, yes, that's a, big, uh, that's a big part of it. Just an opportunity for the guys to be together and spend some time together, continue to bond and develop those relationships. Number two, it's going to be a 10, 11-day period of time where we can really do some player development where we get to play eight games. And, uh, you know, really get to, to use our, our entire roster through the week. We get to practice and, you know, get to, uh, to, to get uh, back on the field on a consistent basis. I, I think it's going to be a critical part of our team for 2022. And, and uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, obviously uh, the weather, the weather operates and we're able to do what we need to do here. I think it will be a, a good week for us. And then we come home to U.S. Bank Stadium. And, and again, you're going to be in a controlled environment otherwise. And so you know you're going to play in the days you're going to play. You're going to get your practice time in. You're working before the games. And uh, so I think February and March are going to be huge for this program that we get back to playing some baseball, back to player development. And hopefully by the time we get to the Big Ten season, we'll have a better idea of, of, of the competitiveness of our team. Yeah, and I was going to ask, too, you mentioned the U.S. Bank Stadium portion of the schedule, 12 games uh, currently on the docket, and you talk about development time, and maybe one of may, maybe this isn't the case, but I would think one of the underrated parts of development is when you can play 12 games, you know, six miles or three miles from where most of your team lives, it's a lot less time on airplanes and in airports where you can go take batting practice or infield or what have you. How important can that be over the stretch of a month? Really important. Number one, you can maintain your routines, both in terms of the weight room, um, obviously school, and uh, but also the, the protocols we have in the training room for arm care and the different things. And the pitchers get to pitch on the days you're supposed to pitch and you get to get your bullpens in on the days you're supposed to get your bullpens in. Guys can sleep in their own beds and the rest is really critical. And and so you can get into a stretch here where you can really get into a routine. And I think as you talk about player development, the routine is critical. We saw what happened in 2021 when you didn't have those routines. Uh, the impact it can have on, on a program, especially when you have young players and players that need player development time. Yeah, no question. And you have some exciting uh, matchups coming up in that uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Tell us a little bit about the uh, Cambria Classic. Yeah, the Cambria Classic, you know, our annual tournament. We're excited. We haven't had it the last two years. We're excited to have it back. And again, it's going to be kind of a Big Ten crossover. Uh, we have Notre Dame and, and uh, West West Virginia and Kansas coming in here. And uh, then us in Illinois and Michigan State will play across kind of in a challenge format. And it'll be a great competition for us. Uh, Notre Dame was in the Super Regionals last year. Have another strong team. And and so you have you know, a couple of teams uh, from uh, from the uh, Big 12 and a couple of teams from uh, one team from the ACC, Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, it'll be strong competition. And 
Uh, we have some other uh, opponents. We've got Air Force coming in there. That's always uh, kind of a sleeper out there in the college baseball world. Have a better program than people probably realize. And so um, we have a we have a good schedule. We have a schedule I think is a fair schedule for where our programs at right now coming out of the pandemic. It will challenge us, and I think it'll also get us ready for the Big Ten. Coach, to follow up on that, I know a lot of people are looking at that schedule and um, see that game on the 25th with the Twins. And I don't know, will Major League Baseball, is that going to be a, a cooperative thing, or do we know yet where that game uh, sits in terms of uh, what that situation might be? Well, yesterday there was a little movement in terms of some of the things they're trying to reach agreement on. Um, I think uh, this week the Twins will, and, and Major League Baseball are going to have to make a decision on what's going to happen with the spring training games. I think the report date for most of the teams is this week, at least for the pitchers and catchers. And, and so I think if they don't get started this week, then there's a, probably not a strong chance we'll play that game. And uh, so I'm guessing we're going to hear something here probably by the middle of the week, one way or the other. Obviously, it would be disappointing. It's a, it's a great opportunity. As everybody knows, I think we have a great relationship with the Minnesota Twins and their organization, Paulette family and, and – uh, our kids to have a chance to be in that environment and play against the Twins and what it does for you in terms of, of your brand and, and recruiting is, is significant. And we get to celebrate our partnership in baseball between us and, and the Twins organization. So that'd be disappointing, but uh, it's the nature of, of the world we're living in. And uh, seems like we've been having to be pretty flexible recently. And we have a plan in place. Um, if we can't play that game with another team, that's going to be in the area. So once we get the word whether we're playing or not, then we'll get an announcement. But I think at least we'll be able to play a baseball game. It's not what the Twins will be with another Division One opponent. Gotcha. Very good. Yeah, that's too bad if it doesn't work. But uh, there's, uh, I suppose you said, flexibility. And then uh, maybe, you know, next year, hopefully we're all back to normal and maybe you can get that thing back on the schedule. Because I know the players love it and I know you enjoy it just to to see your guys enjoying that uh, aspect of it, right? Yeah, we have quite a few Minnesotans, the alumni of the university and the athletic program and, and some of our boosters and supporters that are in Florida at that time of the year. And it's always been a great time. We've had a, an event before the game and, and, uh, had an opportunity to uh, to bring these people and have an event and connect with them. And and uh, I think that uh, the social piece of it and the, the piece of an opportunity to connect with your supporters and your alumni and fans is, is significant. And that'll be, uh, that, that's another disappointment in the whole thing is not to have those, those opportunities to, to see some of these people. Well, let's dive in a little deeper on your team here in this 2022 spring. What? Um, uh, let's start with pitching. What do you uh, What do you see from your pitching staff? What are you hoping to see here in the next? Uh, you know, as you mentioned, this is an important stretch before Big Ten play. What What do you like about the pitching here? Well, no question, we got to pitch better than we did last year. There's no question about that. Um, and uh, our pitching coach, Tom McDevitt, I think, has done a tremendous job. Number one of uh, retooling our roster on the mound. We brought in uh, four. Uh, transfers out of the portal that are older, experienced, and had success at the Division One level. I think they're going to play a significant part in our success on the mound. And uh, so I, I think I look at our staff overall from top to bottom. I think there's more quality depth in that that, that uh, pitching uh, matchup. But, uh, you know, Aiden Maldonado was a transfer from Illinois that's uh, a senior, and uh, he was drafted out of high school. He's got a tremendous arm. I think he's going to probably be in our in our starting mix um, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, Sam Ireland, who was really starting to take off last year as a sophomore and then had uh, an arm injury, and basically we didn't rush him back. He didn't pitch again the rest of the season. Got hurt about halfway through, um, and uh, he looks extremely well. Probably will be our Friday guy. 
Jack Lifford was uh, one of our starters last year as a left-hander, and uh, he'll be in that mix. Uh, and I, I think there's some other uh, good options in there. J.P. Massey is back. I think we got him back to a better place than he's been the last couple of years. He's a talented kid that uh, just needs to get out there and pitch more and get some experience, but he's in a better place. And, you know, I think we, we got a transfer from Omaha, who's from Edina, Richie Holitz. He was the top pitcher of the Summit League uh, last year. Really like him. He's a three-pitch guy and and uh, fills up the strike zone. So um, he's, he's going to be able to help us. And I think some of the guys that have been in the program have made another step as well. And Trent Schobel um, uh, has, has gotten uh, a lot better. I think the big story is uh, George Clausen, who was our top recruit in uh, the 20 uh, uh, freshman class, uh, had Tommy John surgery. Uh, it's February, March of his freshman year in 2020. And uh, I'm sorry, 21, excuse me. And uh, he's back and he's healthy. Uh, he was in the uh, national all-star game, high school all-star game, and it was a premium recruit. And, and uh, he's been back on the mound. His velocity's back to his 95, 97 again. And, we're not going to get a lot of innings out of them early or take them along slow. It's probably going to be one inning a uh, weekend for a while here, but he's healthy. And I think by the time the Big Ten season comes, he'll be a significant part of our staff. On the backside of that, uh, you know, we have a transfer from Iowa, Will Sim, probably going to be our closer. Uh, has a tremendous arm. And um, uh, he looks like he's going to add some, some, some significant things to our roster. But, uh, you know, Noah DeLuca and uh, Josh Culver, some guys that were – for this last year have improved and you know I, I just like the depth in the roster and the first month of the season you're going to use them all you know you got more openers right now than you got starters because guys are on pitch counts and so you're going to have a guy open up and pitch 60 to 70 pitches you use so much of your staff the first 15 or 20 games until you get pitch counts up and figure out roles for people so to see here today and say this is what our rotation looks like and this is what our bullpen looks like those things will be sorted out I just think there's some options there. And uh, we have a couple of freshmen, Sam Malik and Seth Clausen, that I think have shown in practice so far that can help us. So I, I like the pitching roster. I, we, have, we have four left-handers in that mix as well. And I just I, I just I like what I've seen. Let's see when the bright lights come on and the scoreboard comes on and people are on the stands and we can continue to do what I've seen in practice. They've been able to compete over the plate with some pretty good stuff. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch because what I've seen in practice, I've been impressed with. So if we can pitch and play defense, we got a chance. I think all the good teams I've had in Minnesota, they've done those two things, uh, throwing the ball over the plate, competed over the plate, and we played good defense. And, and I, I like what I've seen. There's a chance to do those things and do well, consistently well. And uh, the offense has got a little more experience in it than it did a year ago. So, like where we're at, but uh, you know, you got to get out and, and game environments and, and, and really find out what uh, who can do what. Yeah, no, no doubt, it's going to be exciting to see all of that unfold. You mentioned defense and how important that is to uh, you know to uh, field the ball, catch the ball, and throw the ball. Uh, what do you like around the infield and the outfield uh, for you guys right now? Well, we we got to replace um, you know third base. Jack Wassel uh, graduated, and uh, Zach Robbie signed with the Milwaukee Brewers, so you got to report. Place your third baseman and second baseman. Ronnie Sweeney's back at first base, so I thought was one of our better players last year. He came back on his COVID year. Uh, he was a junior college guy, so I was still a junior college guy. It's one year to figure it out, one good year. And I think Ronnie's finally at this stage where it's that first year is over and we're starting to see what we thought we had. Much more consistent. It's going to be in the middle of our lineup. And Chase Stanky, our catcher, uh, is a senior, and uh, he as well, I think, is back to where he should be in terms of his player development. 
been a much, much better player this fall winter. Uh, that is because he's finally gotten the player development time he needed. And uh, so shortstop last year, we had a number of guys. We ran out there, didn't really have a guy that played consistently out there. I think that's still a position that we have to figure out if who's going to be the guy there. True stall um, played there last year uh, as a freshman. And, um, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to have a job. We brought a transfer in from Arizona State, Joe Hauser from Wisconsin. Uh, he's going to get an opportunity to be the shortstop. And then we have a freshman, Brady Council. His father is Craig Council, the manager of the Brewers. And uh, Brady's on 20 pounds since last fall. He's starting to come on. He's starting to get more confident and, and, and relaxed and slowing the game down. So those guys are going to battle it out at shortstop. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how that, and that position has to develop. If you're not strong up the middle, you know, it's hard to be a championship caliber team. But I think there's, there's, there's one of those guys is going to emerge. And if not, I, we'll, we'll, we'll piece it together. Noah Berghammer is a middle infielder that plays both sides, and he's a senior. And, and I'm not the offensive threat that some of the rest of them are, but he can play defense. So we could end up in that route as well. And you got Brett Bateman in center field. Uh, Brett, uh, you know, played about half the year. He came back from an injury, had in high school. And uh, I really liked what I saw. He's a premium player, uh, outstanding defender, left-handed hitter, probably at leadoff. He's capable of stealing three bases in a season. And uh, I hope we can see that out of him. And Andrew Wilhite in left field is a senior. And Easton Bertrand came back, and he's a fifth-year guy in right field. And we have Otto Grimm. Uh, who's a third-year guy, left-handed hitter uh, in, in, in the outfield. And then one guy I need to talk about is Chad Kelly. He's going to help us behind the plate. He can play third base in the outfield, and, and he's shown so much more consistency at the plate in practice. I think Jack's a sleeper in the group from what I've seen in practice. And the good thing I like about him, we can move him around. He, he's played first, third. He's going to be our backup catcher, our second catcher, and can play in the outfield. And uh, if he continues to swing the bat like he has, he'll be on the diamond someplace. Uh, each time the lineups out there, especially against right-handed pitching, so um, I think he's, he's he's one of the surprises. So we have some options. It'll sort itself out. Everybody will get a chance, and we'll see what we got come probably in the middle of March. Yeah, and then offensively, uh, it, obviously it's a mix there in terms of all the guys you just said. What kind of a lineup do you think you'll you'll have offensively? We're heavy left-handed, so obviously that concerns you a little bit just because of the the, the left-handed pitchers out there. But we spend a all year long, just trying to, to, to get as many at-bats against uh, left-handed pitching for our left-handers, both live and off our machines and, and breaking balls and different things. And so it'll be left-handed. You know, uh, Bateman's left-handed and Will Height's left-handed uh, uh, in the outfield and Jack Kelly's left-handed. And you got, uh, you know, Kyle Bork, who's right-handed, will play at third base some, so you could do a platoon situation. Chase Tanky's left-handed. Ronnie Sweeney's left-handed. Uh <laughs> Austin Merrill is a switch hitter, so we can turn him around to the right side, and all the shortstops are right here at hitter. So, as you can see, we're heavy on the on the left side. Uh, we had a lineup like that in 18, that had five or six left-handed hitters in it. I think you see more right-handed pitching or right-handed sliders than you do left-handed pitchers, and our guys will, will, will have, I think, have gotten better, I guess, left-handed pitching uh, on, on left-on-left. So, uh, it'll be, there'll be at least four, probably five left-handed hitters in there consistently, they're all going to be in the top half of the lineup. You know, Bateman and Wilhite and Stanky and, and Ronnie Sweeney will probably uh, some days will be the first four guys. They're all left-handed, so you're going to see a left-handed lineup. And uh, and uh, so I think uh, uh, we'll have to make sure that we can put together some quality bats, left-handed pitching as we go along as well. 
college baseball certainly changed. I mean, I mean, over the forty now one years that you have seen it, no doubt. But from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, the home runs and and the way they've now you know uh, governed the bats a little bit, I guess. Um, with this lineup, is there you have some guys that can still hit the ball over the fence? I mean, it's always good when you can get a three run shot on one swing, right? Ronnie Sweeney showed us this last year. I think he had eight or nine home runs. Uh, I still think he was growing as a player last year. Chase, I think he has plenty of power uh, in his bat. Uh, Will Height, uh, Jack Kelly, I think are very capable. So, um, you know, I think first and foremost, uh, we got to put the ball in play. We struck out way too many times last year. Uh, you got to put the ball in play and force the defense to play baseball and handle the ball. So I think first of all, we got to see if we can have quality at bats and get the ball in play. I think there is potential for us to have some extra base power. No question. I've seen it in practice some. Um, so you know, we have a track man in our indoor facility. So we get a, we get a read on every pitch that's put in play. Uh, so we can tell how far it was hit and where it was hit and what the metrics were on it. So you get some sense for kind of contact you're making and, and, and what kind of power is there. So the, the, the analytics have helped you for indoor baseball, that's for sure. You get some real reads, and, and it helps the guys get an understanding of how well they're scoring up the baseball. So I, I think it's there. I, I think Easton Bertrand has really been a guy that's hasn't hit for high average, but has hit for power. If you can get him to put a few more balls in play and still be able to have some of that power, and he can steal a base. I think the other thing about this team, we have four or five guys that can be able to steal some bases, and I think you're going to see that be part of our – offensive plan here we're gonna we're gonna start some guys some guys are gonna have the green light we're put people in motion here and i'd like to see us be able to steal 60 to 80 bases this year i think we're capable of that i think we're gonna have to do that to have a good offensive team very good. Let's uh, talk about uh, you personally now. You're entering year 41. Uh, you signed a, a two-year contract extension in the offseason. Kind of take us through the thought process there. And uh, I know personally for me, it's good to have you back. Yeah. You know, I think when you do something for as long as I have, um, you know, I'm 66 now. So you got to pay attention to, to where you're at, your energy level, your health, your passion for, for what you do. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a big commitment. And, uh, you know, we've been going at it seven days a week here. Uh, you know, since January 15th, and that's not going to stop. Um, so first and foremost, I've told myself repeatedly here as I've gotten older and this longer, I want to make sure that I have the energy and passion to give the kids what they deserve. I show up each day and I can give them my best. I expect them to give, uh, you know, our program their best. And, and as long as I can do that and I feel like I bring value to, 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 to their experience and into our program, then I'd like to continue, but when I start to feel like, hey, this is getting to be a, a challenge for me, I, I don't have the same passion, I'm, I'm not uh, committed like I, like I have been throughout my career, then I'll be the first one to tell you it's, it's time to retire and move on, and I'm not going to cheat the kids on, in their experience. They deserve uh, they deserve the effort uh, from their head coach that uh, they need to have, and so we'll just kind of take it as we go along year by year here, and I'll evaluate after this season's over and see how I feel and whether I want to continue on. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a big commitment to be a Division One baseball coach. We have 37 guys on the roster that you got to continually uh, help along the way. You got to you know, the recruiting piece is going faster and faster and faster, and that takes a lot of energy. And and uh, you know, and then you got the game schedule. You know, we play uh, the most games. Us in softball, I play the most games of any of the sports there. And the travel and, and and you know, some weeks you're playing seven or eight games a week, and so yeah, it, it, it takes some energy, and so I. Kind of pay attention to that piece, and I'm, I've been really enjoyed uh, this team so far. Actually, my my husband is leaving Saturday morning to go to practice, and 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 uh, some, sometimes when you get into the month in the indoor building, it feels like a Groundhog Day. You know, every day is the same. Um, 
And she said, well, what would you rather be doing? I said, well, the group we have right now, I'd rather be with them because I've just been really impressed with that group and uh, how connected they are, the collaboration, the culture of building, uh, how much uh, they've supported each other here. And uh, um, it's been easy for me to be honest with you. We, we, we got the bus, after we got the bus from Purdue last year, last year we got in the main room and just let it, told me, guys, things got to change here. And it starts with the, the players in the program. I don't believe the leader of the team is the team itself. And we don't have captains, but we have, we have to change some things. We have to hold some people accountable to the standard we have for this, in this program, our development and, and what we do off the field and, and academically. And I give them credit. They got together in the summer and they, I could see the change coming. We've had very, 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 very few problems since they got back on campus last fall. I've been impressed with the work ethic. They show up every day and get after it. So just like that around you, it's, it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed and go to work every day because they're, they're, they're fun to be around. And I can focus my energy on, on helping the guys that need help and, and trying to be the best manager I can and, and, and best leader of people. And we don't have to deal with problems every single day. And, and that's what we don't have. And that's why I, I really uh, had a lot of fun since we got back together last fall and uh, I'm energized and looking forward to the season. Yeah, that's awesome because I've noticed too, um, as I get older also, just being around college kids can can offer some energy and you know we've talked a lot I, I'm a baseball guy myself love it um, there's not much quite like being on a diamond right uh, and I know you're looking forward to getting down there on on Friday and or Thursday and playing over the weekend and you're on a diamond you're in a dugout you're standing around the cage uh, I'm not sure there's much for guys like you and I that, that wouldn't give you more energy than than being on a baseball field I always cherish the relationship piece. And I think in our game, because we're together so much and spend so much together, you can really have an opportunity to, to develop some relationships. And I must love having conversations about, with our players about just stuff going on in our world, about their families, their hobbies, you know, uh, how they grew up and the things they like to do. And it's just some of the conversations we start together are, are, are fascinating. They're a different generation than I came from. So I'm intrigued sometimes about how they go through their experience every day at their age as, as, as compared to what we did. And so I, I just, uh, and you're right, we, we're, at, we're at the ballpark and our game is, we're, at, we're there two hours before game time, two and a half hours. So, you know, a lot of dead time before the game starts and the other team's taking BP. So you get opportunities to connect with people and we have some conversations. And I, I think if you don't do those things, then I think the experience becomes a little bit harder. So uh, that's, I enjoy that piece. Uh, no question about it. And, some years you have lots of energy givers and not so many energy takers. And we have too many energy takers, have too many things to deal with, too many guys that aren't on the same page as everybody else. Oh boy, uh, that, gets, that gets difficult. And uh, we've so far, we've got guys that are energy givers. And, uh, that makes my job a lot easier. And uh, for long, me, I think it'd be a better manager. Um, one thing you mentioned, uh, relationships with players. I did an interview with Robbie last year, and he talked about his career started slow. He was hitting like a buck fifty, I think he said. I want to say he was, maybe you guys were out in Portland or Seattle or someplace, and he said one thing you told him, and it was a little thing, turned his whole career around here, and he took a called third strike, and he said he was complaining and uh, not happy about the call and kind of moped back to the dugout, and he said, yeah, 14 asked me, do you want to play baseball or do you want to umpire? And the answer was, I want to play baseball. And he said, from that point on, 
his career flip. Do you, I mean, that's got to feel good, one, to know. Even the little, something maybe little, kind of funny, you know, but you, you're making a point and you turn a kid's career around just based on one little thing. Well, that's what you hope you can do. And that's the relationship piece. If you can have a relationship piece with people and pay attention to what's going on in their experience. And, 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 and I have a lot of experience. I've seen it all. And so I try to use my experience in the game to help people like Zach. Um, you know, and Zach was a freshman and uh, very competitive. Sometimes his, his competitiveness gets in the way, too. Uh, <laughs> and it serves him well at other times. But, uh, yeah, he was he was hard on himself and he expected to jump into Division One baseball and just, you know, hit like he did in high school. And, and, and you try to tell kids when you recruit him how difficult the jump is to face Division One pitching versus on a consistently day after day after day versus – in a high school setting or a traveling setting. And they don't believe you when you tell them until they get there and then they find out how hard it is. So just try to get Zach to say, hey, Zach, just quit being so hard on yourself and and uh, let's focus our energy on playing the game and having fun playing the game and take the, 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 the failures and, and the bad at-bats. Let's learn something from them and, uh, so we can do it better the next time and quit complaining, complaining and blaming everybody else and you know, be accountable for where you're at and let's try to find a way to fix it and let's have fun doing it. And, uh, and, uh, so yeah, well, luckily he was ready and, uh, he was willing to listen. Some people aren't ready, but I think he was ready. And I think most importantly, he trusted me. Um, and, uh, you know, again, also as a coach, if the player trusts you and then you can make an impact, if they don't trust you or they're not ready for information, it's really hard to get in there. And sometimes you just gotta let them go and uh, until they're ready. And, uh, unfortunately some of the light bulb goes off quicker than others, but, uh, yeah, uh, Zach, he, we talked about that the other day. He saw one of our freshmen. He goes, that guy reminds me of me. <laughs> he had a conversation with him. I said, Zach, we've already had the conversation. But it's, it's not taking hold yet. But it was. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> good. Bad enough, eventually he'll come back. Yeah, so. that, and that's great, too, because then you got guys coming back that know the culture and can, can uh, you know, if you maybe can't get the message across, because sometimes, you know, guys won't listen to a coach, another guy, another player, as you said, the, the, the player-led team is the team that's going to win more often than, than not. In fact, didn't go talk to the player. So, yeah. and uh, they look up to him, and, and he's a former player and he's playing professional baseball. And he said, Hey, I just, and I give the, the young man credit because he was willing to have that conversation. So, um, some kids would just blow it off and say, You know, uh, I know more than you do, but he was willing to listen and, and take what he had to offer and see if it could help him. And so, uh, give the kid credit uh, because he was willing to, to open his ears and, and, and see what he had to say. One final quick question for you. Next week on our podcast, we're going to have the Polish Eagle, Dick Jonkowski, on as a guest. And we all love Dick. And, you know, he's been through some. Uh, that won't be boring. Yeah, no, we will. We'll, I think we'll have some fun with that one for sure. Um, and he's been through some stuff. He's had a couple of bouts with cancer, which he, he's he's whipped up to this point. And now, um, you know, he had a, he had COVID. He got in a car accident. I mean, he's he's had a rough a few weeks, uh, about six weeks. Well, I spoke to him recently. I called him to see how he is. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you what, you know, what it's been been like to have him around the ball field and to hear that voice, you know, coming out of the PA system with uh, with his the way he enunciates names and announces different things. Um, and and obviously you've been to many baseball banquets. He if there's a baseball banquet, he's emceeing it usually. But um, uh, what a treasure he is, right? Question. I think first and foremost, he knows the history of our program and the tradition of history. Not go for baseball, but go for sports. And um, have somebody in a PA position that really understands the history and tradition. We have alumni gatherings or we bring teams back to recognize them for their successes, you know, and he's there. He knows the guys. He watched them play. Uh, you know, he has so much more than just being a PA announcer. And, 
And of course, I was enjoying came down before the games and had a busy. He always told me a joke before the game. That was a joke for me every time he came to the ballpark. And and uh, but talk about somebody that's passionate about go for athletics and go for sports and go for baseball. Uh, he, he cares a tremendous amount, and it was reflected in his work and the way he did his job. And he did it with some some personality and with some flair, and he made it fun. You know, Dick, he's, he's, he, he likes to have fun. He likes to make people laugh and enjoy himself. And, and uh, I just, uh, uh, I miss not having him at the ballpark. But, uh, you know, things change in our, in our world and move on to the next guy. But he's a dear, dear friend. I'll, we'll always cherish the time we've spent together at the ballpark and, and doing go for baseball, public address announcing. And uh, uh, we're blessed to be able to have that time together and, I know he's been through a lot. I've called him a few times to check on him and make sure he's okay. And I told him we're planning a big alumni gathering on um, May, I think it's May 6th, against Nebraska Saturday. And um, I've been able to honor some of our championship teams the last two years. And we have the national championship team from 1960, but it's supposed to be done in 2020. Right. And uh, now we have seven or eight other championship teams that have 10 year, 20 year, 30 year anniversaries. Actually, my first team in 82. This will be the 40th anniversary of one of the Big Ten Championships. So we're going to combine it all into a big alumni day. And that's Saturday in May against first weekend in May against Nebraska. And uh, old Dick on the phone, the last time I spoke to him, you got to be there. There'll be a lot of guys you'll want to see, but want to see you. Um, and so, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's really a special guy and, and uh, somebody that's uh, really connected to our history and tradition and go for sports. Yeah, for sure. And that'll be a fun weekend, uh, too, especially uh, if you can get the Polish Eagle out to the uh, ball field as well. But uh, we'll talk to you before then. Uh, have some fun at the ballpark uh, here over the next few uh, weeks down in Florida. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I'll enjoy being with you. My thanks to legendary Golden Gopher baseball coach John Anderson for joining me on the Go Gopher podcast. He's a true Minnesota treasure. And again, our thanks to our brand new presenting sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. The Go Gopher podcast is also brought to you by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen. We'll talk again next week.